So you guys want to hear about my week? Of course. Yes, I would Absolutely. I've written a little song that is for me, it's for you, it's for anyone who might be going through some stuff right now. It's oh a, boy. It's a, it's a blues song. Ooh, Let's do a it. blues song. No money for food now. Classes every day. I said, no money for food now. Ramian on my plate. Ooh, I'm getting the vapors. Well, ain't you heard the news? Tell me. got me those back to school blues. Well, ain't you heard that news, babe? I got me the textbook buy and sold, die in college, algebra, business, <laughs> law, and buying your own toilet paper and playing D&D in the dorm room with that one friend who doesn't shower enough. <laughs> Financial laid off his parking pass back to school. Blue. Yeah! <laughs> Take off your top! <laughs> Bird, <laughs> do Wonder Wall. Oh Today <laughs> is gonna be the day that we're gonna end the podcast. Don't don't test me. What I love Wonder Wall. Everyone makes fun of it. I will. I fucking. Will. Uh, that's how I'm I feel about ch- early Lincoln Park these days. I'm gonna change the intro outro music to Wonder Wall. Just see if I don't. Please do. <laughs> Please, do. Please do. Please uh, do. With no explanation before this, of course. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Hayport Podcast. I'm your host, I Coleman. Joining me is the entire rest of the cast for once. Joining me is Jolly J. Petroquin. C-list internet celebrity, but annoying as an A-list one. And neat Nathan Terencio. (laughs) Nico, Nico, Nathan. (laughs) I like I like neat Nico Nico Nathan Terencio. Ah, uh, <laughs> God, I am the best anime character no one asked for. It. For all of you who have been uh, going back to school this week, because it is the back to school time, uh, textbooks are bullshit, huh? Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, I'm so happy I don't have to deal with that anymore. Life is great. Yeah. No, no, now now I get to capitalize on how bullshit they are by selling my uh, my used ones on Craigslist. There you go. Yep. For like a sixth of the price you. Bought oh, absolutely, before. absolutely. Like, yeah, I, I definitely had a couple that were like school specific ones, and so a hundred, like two hundred bucks more than they should have been. Ugh. Anyone else say that one like tweet where it was like, "Man steals twenty thousand dollars worth of textbooks from a library," and then someone was like, "Damn, I hope he returns that one textbook." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's literally what it feels like, though. Yeah, it's. It's rough. Uh, this is the Hayport Podcast. It's about video games sometimes. Sometimes it's about school depression. I don't get sometimes. that anymore. Now, now, Coleman, now I pass the savings on to Coleman. <laughs> savings? <laughs> um, what we like to do on this podcast is bitch about our real lives for a little bit and then talk about video games, movies, TV shows, etc. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we have a little break. <coughs> oh, shit. And then I cough. And then oh. we have a little break. Uh, where we, I'm coming down with the sand plague from Pathologic. Um, I am among the bound. Anyway, then we like to answer some goddamn audience questions from, like, the same two people. 
And then we like to talk about the news, and we've got some spicy news this week. Nintendo done fucked up real good. Oh, God. But this particular week in the news, it's going to be a battle between who's worse, Nintendo or Microsoft. Whoever wins, the industry It's Microsoft. First, though, uh, who wants to go first? I have not been JD, yeah. I, I, I have not or... been playing much, so I can go first and have it be relatively quick, actually. And I mean it this time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like, mm, we've got that on tape okay. now. No, I, I've All I've right. barely played anything this last week. I've been doing a lot more like managerial stuff, um, which will probably be the next month a little more. Honestly, uh, September, I am not going to be taking on as much review stuff just because I want to be consistently hammering at the 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 management stuff a little more. So so. Lawbreakers is a game. Um, Lawbreakers is really trying to like find its own niche in this kind of saturated sport first-person shooter market we have. Because it's definitely grown and sort of rebloomed in the last couple of years, right? Well, you know, Titanfall's breathed more air into it. Overwatch has even even Battleborn for the people who still play Battleborn. You know, fight fight the good fight, Coleman. Fight on the good fight. Salutes to you. Maybe you'll find a full match again one day. <laughs> Kill minions, respect women is cool. still going strong. I will have you know. Nice, good for you. That's awesome. But um, but no, I, I and it, it's it's trying to really cut out its own specific niche, and it's God, it, it's annoying to me how close it is to doing that and making it work. But it's just not. My my problem with it is so there's four main uh, main game modes. It's in a random rotation. You hop into quick play. And it could be any one of them, just like in you know Overwatch or whatever else. Um, four modes, three of them are almost I- exactly identical to each other. Um, Blitzball is one where you're fighting, like, fighting over a ball in the middle of the arena, and you have to take it to your, to your side. Um, there's one where you're fighting over a satellite in the middle of the arena, and you have to take it to your side and wait for it to charge up. There's one you have to find a battery in the middle of the arena and take it to your side and also wait for it to charge up. It's indistinguishable from the uplink one and uh then the, the the one that's kind of unique from those three is like a capture point one where the capture points are changing throughout the course of the match which would be awesome but personally i think they're changing way too quickly for you to build up any kind of like decent defense or strategy a lot of it just comes down to who happens to be where when it changes and i really am not a fan of that um obviously to some degree that is Made a little, I guess, less credible. That, 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 the, the truth of that statement changes when you bring in the fact that Lawbreakers is a game that is all about anti-gravity combat. Like, not the entire map, but the entire main area of every map is anti-gravity. Um, and everyone has a dash button, everyone can move around um, with with these different dashes that for some characters are consistent, for others it's like a big charge build-up and then you leap. Uh, you know, it varies on who you're playing of these uh, eight or nine classes. And and that's all well and good because you know like that's the one big concession I have to give is much like Splatoon where I was talking about people um not knowing that covering terrain is more important than killing dudes here the issue is a lot of people you know are still maybe getting the hang of that that you know gravity mechanic a little bit and the physics for it work I'll say that the um and from what I understand I did not play early betas of it but the physics stuff in the anti gravity places in Lawbreakers seem like a place where a lot of work has been done over a lot of time, and honestly, like, it's the better for it. Like, that stuff is actually very solid. Um, but the observation was made by a friend of mine who's just watching me play it that I think is really true, that either characters need more HP or need to be faster, which is weird to say in a game about dash buttons and gravity-defying, because despite all of that, the base speeds for every character are 
kind of slowish, like a little bit on the sluggish side. Um, for 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 some more than others, you know, you have your big heavy heavy hitters, and you have your light speedy ninja boys. But even so, like I've definitely played other first person shooters with more speed to their characters, and. I feel like if any game were to capitalize on speed for characters, it should be this, where there's all this emphasis on parkour and quick dodging, and that, like, the problem with the game that I'm finding is that the characters, all the characters are designed to be, like, two to four hit kills a lot more than the game modes allow for. Like, the game modes feel like they're made for characters that have either more HP bulk or more ability to dodge each other, and those, you know, those different elements just don't line up that well to me. And that's that's something I'm just finding really disappointing as I'm as I'm playing. It, it can be fun. Like that's the thing is it, it's it's in a case where it can be fun despite all that. But at the end of the day, you still have just this really flawed uh, I don't know this really flawed multiplayer that I think is not quite hitting the mark in finding its own identity in the in the way that it needed to to really like get into this kind of oversaturated niche of what it's trying to do. Well, hello, Jay. It's me, Cliff Blazinski. Oh, he's here. Notice- you were talking about my new game, Lawbreakers. Yeah, yeah, Seemed I was. like you were being a little down on it. Seemed like somebody might be trying to give it a hate out of ten, a term that I coined. Yeah, I know you did, and you're actually a worse, like, directly <laughs> and objectively a worse person for it, Cliff. I'm not sure if you're aware of that. Have you considered that it's first-person shooting without limits? There's I mean, no, no limits, there's, there's absolutely Jay. limits. There, there's health there's points, no that's a limit. <laughs> Those can go down to zero. Wait, uh, if, if I saw a limit in the ammo, game, yeah, I yeah, walls. Invisible walls. Level. Um, I area, took it right out. Areas that aren't anti-gravity and probably could have been... There's, there's plenty of limits, Mr. 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 Blazinski. I'm I, I don't revitalizing I the sh- hero shooter experience. Right. Another real quote from me. <laughs> that, I'm sure it is, and I'm sure you thought that with, like, Gears of War 4 for third-person shooters. And Gears of War 4 is a game that I serially continue to forget ever came out. So I... I, I didn't work on that one. Same. Uh, they g- kicked me off my own yeah. series. Nice. Well, I yeah. I wanted to go make Lawbreakers. And they were Gaming like... without limits. <laughs> God damn. Well, I, Cliff, I, I have to, uh, uh, storage memory on your PS4. Have you that my pants are without limits, Jay? Uh, um, in, Does inability, that sway your opinion? Inability to find a complete match, that's a limit, I would say. Um, <laughs> n- total, total number of game modes, uh, attention span, battery life on the controller, uh, the fact that we'll all die one day, you know, there, there's a few limits on your game, I would say, Mr. Have you Mr. Wazanski. my fucking knife, Jay? Do you oh, see this? Oh. This is a goddamn oh. knife! Y- you know, um, you know, I, 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 I Nine out now. of ten, you say? Uh, that, that's more like a knife out of ten. I would say, Nathan, call the police, Nathan, Nathan, call the police right now, Nathan, call the police. <laughs> Yeah, no, very, no, very. Hang on, you know the police have a restraining order on Nathan. <laughs> yeah, but they have a bigger one on Cliff Blazinski the from the have world. A order. <laughs> they have a restraining order on Cliff Blazinski from the outside world. Uh, good bit, everyone. Oh, uh, hey, that was well. that 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 gets more well, than a um, hate out of ten. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Thank you for that. Um, but but no, like like Nathan, I know you and I played it together at uh, at E3. I was curious what your thoughts on it were. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much oh, we yeah. dug into that back at the time. I'm also curious on your thoughts, Nathan. I I, I know we did on the video <laughs> that we made that never got published, but I don't know if we actually ever did on the podcast. So I don't know if people have heard us talk about it much. Yeah, I think I think the thing is that uh, hmm, I don't know. I okay, so I did play a little bit after mm-hmm. we played at E3, mostly because I got into whatever it was like after yeah, some the fact beta. but um 
Yeah, but um, it's yeah, I agree with almost everything you say. It it was really weird. Like the anti gravity thing was like very weird, and I had to get mm. used to it. But once I got used to it, the game yeah. opened up a lot more. But like you said, I think the class, like like the thing you say about the class balance, where it's like most of the game is revolved around like you one shot and your two shot yeah. people, and it feels like a lot of characters are not balanced to that. Like the one medic healer in the game is not suitable for that. The medic's in general, barely a medic. Like She's weakest... just a bomber who happens to also have a heal thing. Healing yeah, which is like the limits. most pathetic heal. <laughs> And the most pathetic bomb ever. Like it's just like I, it doesn't feel intuitive, and it feels like it feels like we needed a support character, so let's make one haphazardly and not well, think about how it, like she actually fits into this meta yeah. that we're creating. And, and, and they kind of yeah. have two, right? Because they have her and they have the Harrier, and the Harrier is what I like, where she has like the heals and the, the shield drop, but she also just has a big laser gun. I like a big laser gun. Oh yeah, and that shit. Actually yeah, no, hurts. yeah, that's like. It's way That's better. been one of my favorites actually so far. That and the um and the Titan, which is not a class I would ever normally play, but those have been my favorites. Yeah, and like so I, I think the game is cool. I think I like what they're trying yeah. to go for. I think I kinda get it, but at the same time it's like that execution wasn't well, yeah, there. And, and-, and I think I think the game in a lot of ways is I'm not gonna say it was rushed, but I feel like there could have been it could have been polished a little more before I, release, yeah. and I think they, they want to update it as it goes on, but like as of right now, I'm not kind of digging half the cast. Yeah, I, I would say, and I would say even then, and I'm curious if you agree or disagree there, that I, I think the character balance in terms of usefulness has definitely improved since when we played at E3. Like the assassin, I've noticed in particular, yeah. is so much more capable of a character than she ever was uh, in those matches that we played at E3. Like I, I felt like she was useless there. That like, she didn't have the reach to to accomplish what she was supposed to be accomplishing. But they they've augmented that with yeah. that uh, that sort of grapple hook rubber band thing she has now. I think that really helps. And even yeah, yeah, and they're making sure. improvements. Yeah. They are, and Your mom I think. Is but, Oh man, I'm so glad my mom's not in the house right now. Anyway, I, I, you know, um, I, I spent. I'm your mom now. I spent it's 40 me, minutes with my mom me. on the phone. I married your dad. <laughs> oh Jesus, that's an yeah, anime. That is that is an anime. I can't believe an my podcast host is my mom. <laughs> and Cliff Blazinski. Uh, the sequel to this vending machine can't be this cute. <laughs> My vending machine sister can't be yeah, that's, cute, that's which the in one. and of itself <laughs> is the sequel to I Can't Believe My Stepdad Is an Amorphous <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping you would remember it. <laughs> Thank God. Uh, oh we make God. up so many dumb unwatchable that, sitcoms unironically that, that, is, that is one of my favorite parts of the legacy of the hey poor podcast is those titles <laughs> i'm sorry nathan continue oh no i was just gonna say like i think they are making right. improvements and i see the game getting better from this point but at, like the launch was the launch felt like uh half the cast the cast wasn't very viable mm. but i think that has changed i think there could be improvements on some of the characters but that's like every sure, online yeah. shooter with like any kind yeah. of like, you'll never get yeah no balance, never so, like, yeah. like every Overwatch character has changed in some way since its launch like you know every, every that that's just part of the course in games like these yeah exactly. but um yeah. so I, I I'm just glad that they're at least making the yeah improvements you know it, and like and they I, are it feels like they're mm-hmm. listening I don't know to what extent but it feels like they're kind of listening to like what people are suggesting for balance and kind of oh we're always listening son I I agree like <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> 
Oh my god. No, I, I completely agree. It, it's something where you can definitely tell the heart is there. Like, the characterization of the characters is good. I like their designs a lot. Like, that that stuff's cool. And yeah, so, yeah. that stuff just leads... That stuff and the stuff they do get right, which is there. You know, this is not me giving it a negative review. It's, it's It will be getting a 3.5 out of 5. I'll say that it'll, it'll be up by the time this goes up. What? And, yeah, yeah, yeah. More like a, <laughs> more like a heaven out of 10, because heaven's where I'll be after Cliff Blazinski slits my goddamn throat. Um... But, I have a real chainsword that I pose with in, like, every picture. That's, that's a true fact about Clifford Bezinskard. Yeah. Nobody yeah. tell Cliffy B that the 90s have ended. It'll it'll break his heart. I don't what think, was that? No, no, it, it'll be like the Adventure Zone. He'll just hear static. Like, he'll just be... <laughs> Mr. Bezinski, I hate to inform you, but... <laughs> have... <laughs> what? <laughs> Sorry. Yes, my games do have 10 out of 10s from every outlet. You're right. That is what you said to me. Thank you, <laughs> faceless reviewer. Thank you. Don't forget to write down the reviewer's name. Ah, shoot. But, um, I'm going to go jerk off in some oatmeal now. <laughs> Bye, oh my God. Cliff Lazinski has definitely done Gotta that. Gotta get though. that protein content up, man. It's yeah. part of a balanced breakfast, but not like this. Oh Jesus! <laughs> That's all I have to say about Lawbreakers. It's, it's, it's cool. I will say I, I said it during our bit back there, but matchmaking has already taken a dip. It seems like people are already dropping off. Like it seems like it had its its popular week, and now and now it's it's falling a little bit. Um, I yeah. Earlier today, I, I sat in or no earlier and at one point last night, I, I sat in a lobby for like. About five minutes each time before I just gave up and turned my console off. And, you know, it's not happening every time, but it's starting to happen more. And then I'm noticing that. I'm just like, oh, shoot. It fall down. But, um, but yeah, other than that, I'm also just doing a quick review of the uh, Switch port of the game Severed, which is by Drinkbox Studios, who made uh, Guacamelee. I, I really like Severed. I played it on Vita and reviewed it last year. I think in a really bizarre turnabout way, it is exactly what Skyward Sword tried to be, uh, because it's all based around like directional slashing. It's just a first-person action game that's all based around <coughs> directional slashing, and you're fighting these different monsters that have different like directional places where they'll guard, or like something will turn. Like you know, it, it, it's all very much that same kind of design philosophy. Um, you know, you can go back and read my old review if you're really curious, but that new review will be up soon, and uh, it works just as well on the Switch as it did on the Vita. And I'd say having the bigger screen on the switch makes it a little better it is a touch is a mobile only game it's a touchpad only game just due to the nature of the game so be forewarned about that going in i guess but uh but no i i like severed as much as i ever have um but yeah that's pretty much what i've been playing all right nathan yes centaur boy is here what is up dude do what what is up do the thing do the podcast that we've done like <laughs> 60 times now together have you played video games if so what are their names what's a fucking video game is that like anime but you can well play you see kidding. little okay, nathaniel no, um, but um so i've been playing a game for review and it was it's really weird because it wasn't on my radar and it feels like it's something that should be on my radar it's called lost technology yeah um, it's it's this $3, like, uh, strategy simulation game where, essentially what it is, it's kind of like Civilization, where you control, like, an empire, and then the whole point, it's, it's on a smaller scale, you don't, like, conquer the world or anything, you conquer, like, this landmass or this continent, and, uh... Well, it is named after the two things that have defined my experience with Civilization, those being technology and losing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that was a good eye. Anyway, uh, but... 
yeah, so it's on a smaller scale, and and the the difference is, is that these are these are fictional empires. They're it's an original story with its own original lore, and it has like a very anime aesthetic. And when I mean anime there aesthetic, I mean it has a very '90s, late '80s anime aesthetic. And when I mean that, I mean like Rosa Versailles, oh, like cool. Ori- cool. OG Sailor Moon, etc., cool. et like stuff like that. I like it and, already. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's Rosa Versailles. Oh my bad. I'm I like Versailles. Oh, that's like uh, when 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 uh, Derek, Derek McCurry, our own Derek McCurry, calls Valkyria Chronicles Valkyria Chronicles. Man, um, <laughs> the Treaty of Versailles. The Treaty of Versailles. Rip, rip my pronunciation. But anyway, oh, yeah. it's it's pretty. Like it's a really pretty game in terms of the art style when it's there. It's a very how do I define this? Um, when it's of, like, there actual, already alarms me. When it when in terms of like actual like like uh ui and gameplay graphics like when you're in a fight or when you're in the overworld map um it looks like it looks like a game boy advanced fire emblem game it, and oh cool it does. Rad. yeah i'm I'm looking at the screenshots yeah so it's it's like a pixelated art style and it's not super gorgeous even by that standard um i would even yeah i would argue like the game boy advanced fire emblem games are like marginally better but um <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a fun game though because I don't know. I do like these kind of take an empire, start from zero, and then see where you how far you can go. And I do yeah. like that. I do like the aesthetic. I do like the fact that it is kind of a game with a lot of depth, but at the same time, it's also a game you can kind of play in quick bursts. You don't have to kind of. It's not like Civilization where you know uh, in late game one turn literally does take like five minutes because of how much like micromanaging you have to do, but. In this game, like, I've gotten to late game, and it never felt like it was too encumbersome. Like, there's a lot of depth, but it never felt like I have, like, one turn felt like more than five minutes, you know? Hmm. And the actual combat is pretty good, even if, like, the graphical style is kind of dated to be nice. Um, There's a lot of... It is hard. I play it on easy mode because I tend to review games on easy mode just because, like, I want to get through the game, right? But it is still very hard. Like, Like... to put it in perspective, the tutorial kicked my ass the first time I did it. <laughs> like, oh, that's gosh. how hard this game is. And there's a lot of... And it's really cool because, like, every single empire has its own units. And, like, yeah, there's, like, the basic, like, okay, well, this is a cavalry. This is a ranged unit. This is a sword dude person. But, like, the like all of them are different depending on what empire you pick. Some people, like, are exclusively better at spellcasting, so you want to, like, stock up on those ranged units. But then their cavalry is super weak. So it's just like little things like that that add a lot of depth. There's a lot of empires all with their own unique lore. If you decide to play like the what is the story mode, which is like you go, you play, you pick an empire, you go try to conquer things. And then there's story beats and story events. Or you can just play it without the story beats and story events. And those are the two modes. And so that's really cool. So if you just want to play the game, you can do that. But if you want like dramatic anime shonen moments where it's like <laughs> I, I served your father but I failed him <laughs> do you can you accept me back <laughs> like into your court and like <laughs> bullshit like that's so dramatic and like anime but I love it and like that's fun but if you don't want that you don't have to play it like that and I'm kind of like skimming over a couple things but the game is three dollars and like that's the core of the game is this I is this like run an empire conquer everybody else kind of thing and that's there's a lot of depth to that but yeah that's the game I've been playing. There's not too much to say because those are the only two modes and they're practically the same, just one with anime cutscenes and one without. But um, I think it's really fun. 
Uh, I think it's really hard, which I do appreciate, but I think there are certain balance issues. Um, I think some of the empires are just not good. <laughs> there's there's like more than there's more than eight of them, so I kind you can kind of expect that. But some of them are just like straight up bad. Like I don't know why your units are just objectively worse than everybody else's units. Like certain things like that. Um, the empires themselves, um, save for maybe three or four of them, are like they're really generic fantasy and they're not very good and then the rest are anime tropes so Uh, kind of lame that's kind of lame and i like that there's diversity and like what empire you can pick but don't expect to get invested in all of them if you're going to try all of them that's all i'm gonna say i tried and it's not yeah some of them are just poorly written or just not interesting i find that so many anime stylized games this is a generalization but I, I find that so often anime-stylized games these days are just the same exact cast of stereotypes over and over and over to the degree where I can't get into any of them even if they are good. So not not paying attention to that is just kind of a given for me at this point going in. Yeah, no, and I think that's um I think that's um, completely fair. I think yeah. I think the thing is like a lot of like it's kind of like the problem with like anime-style games is like those tropes are there because like because that's... they sell. Yeah, because they sell that someone's yeah. fucking waifu or whatever. Because shows do it yeah. too. Like, you know, it's not it's not yeah. exclusive to games. Yeah. So Lost Technology is a really cool game. It's a really like it's a really small game in terms of like the like the two modes. They're basically the same and what you can do. But the depth that is there is really cool. It's a very hard game. It's very challenging, and I I enjoy it more when I'm playing it on the laptop because okay, here's the thing: the default uh, resolution is in windowed mode, and it kind of looks like. Uh, God, I don't know the exact resolution, but it's really small because, like, if you and if you and I and honestly, I like recommend playing the game on the native resolution that the game was meant to be played because if you stretch it out, it looks terrible, and I mean like terrible. Oh, so, God. so that sucks. But I enjoy playing on a laptop, like at work in between breaks. Um, it's not, it's kind, it's it's not as demanding as Civ, but there is like you do have to kind of pay attention, especially during the combat moments. The overworld stuff is kind of like. So-so, it's just recruit, I need to feed people, and that's pretty much it. But I'm enjoy- I am I expected less of it, to be honest, because um, of the graphical style, like, in-game, like, the overworld and the combat, and also, just in general, the price tag. That kind of worried me that, like, oh, this game has been our passion project. It's, like, $4. Well, okay. <laughs> that's- okay, that's worrisome. But, yeah. no, it's a good- it's a decently good game. Um, I have a lot- I'll- I'll-, I'll I have a lot more to say about it. That I'll put in the review, which as of right now will be a three and a half or a four. Um, I'm still writing it because um, I want, like, because there's a lot I want to talk about in terms of, like, the combat and the depth of the combat. Because there's not a lot to talk about in the graphical, the graphical department or the content department, unfortunately. <laughs> but, yeah, it's a fun game. It's a good game. I'm pleasantly surprised. Uh, it's only four bucks. And if you're into games like Civ, but you want It's it, three bucks, actually. Oh, pff, damn. Well... It's three bucks. So if you want, like, if you want a game that's like Civ but with anime characters, go for it. I think it's fun. I think it's a good time. Um, another game I've been getting into, and actually I did play last year, is Guild Wars Two. And the only reason I'm getting back mm. into it is because there was an expansion announcement. And this is less to do with like my experience coming back into Guild Wars Two, and more about like Guild Wars Two as a whole, like. The thing with Guild Wars 2 is that there have been... There's the vanilla game, and then there's the Heart of Thorns expansion, which is, like... Basically, there's only been one expansion. And they've taken a while releasing expansions. But, um... Essentially, the thing with Guild Wars 2, when it first launches... It was a really good game with a lot of promise. 
but it didn't deliver on endgame content and it took and the way updates worked is that we would get like a lot of updates but they were very small in content and they were very like they were just like kind of quality of life or just like hey there's a new jumping quest go ham like that's pretty much it right whereas heart of thorns was the opposite where we got very we got we didn't get updates really we we got like big ass updates and they came out of nowhere and they were like months apart so it was like really weird and i think that kind of killed the player base because i think you need a balance in this sort of thing i think you need like updates that are meaningful in a certain sense and you need to space them out appropriately and guild wars 2 has never done updates well they have never done content updates very well and i like the expansion heart of thorns but i quickly stopped playing after two months unfortunately because it was very very grindy so um with the new expansion i'm just excited of what they're saying because like when they did the announce the announcement for the expansion they gave us a lot of information more so than they did with heart of thorns or even vanilla guild wars 2 and i like that because it's a sign that they like that they're listening because like all we really want as a community is just fucking be transparent tell us what's in the update don't tell us like yeah we're getting it you're getting a content update oh it's a jumping quest oh okay well yay no one likes those but okay like so like that's all we want is transparency and they like they showed new specialization they showed mounts they showed the the setting and kind of the story and they're even saying that they're going to do the expansion story along with the living world which is like sort of the over arching story of the entire world of guild wars 2 and the continent it takes place on they're gonna do both of those things at the same time and release content updates so that way like we'll get um expansion updates along with living world updates side by side so that's cool so we're getting content and like the whole point of it is that like okay so when there's not so when we're working on expansion content we'll give you the living world updates and that's cool i like that nice so i'm looking forward to it i hope they actually succeed because guild wars the original guild wars has a special place in my heart um, it's one of my favorite games of all time. It's, it's, it did a lot of things different that a lot of MMOs didn't do when a lot of MMOs just wanted to be World of Warcraft. And I would argue, like, a lot of MMOs still just want to be World of Warcraft. Mm-hmm. But, um, hell, even World of Warcraft is trying to be World of Warcraft again. Um, but, like, Guild Wars and Guild Wars 2 did, to an extent, try to do that again. But, you know, it, it had a couple, it had a lot of missteps. So, I hope this expansion mitigates, like, all the badness that happened with. Not so much vanilla, but Heart of Thorns, the second expansion. And I get why Heart of Thorns was bad, because the budget got cut. Um, like, NCSoft, like, like the d- original director left. NCSoft, like, fired a bunch of people. So I get it, but it's not a good sign when that happens. And I'm, I'm glad they're, like, rebounding and, like, trying to do some cool stuff with this expansion. Trying to bring back Guild Wars 1 players and some of the uh, old Guild Wars 2 players that, you know, left. So, yeah. But, and... Yeah, those are so. Yeah, I've been playing a decent amount of that. I'll have more to say when that comes when the expansion comes out next month. I might do a review on it. I don't know. MMOs are really tricky to review. I, I, I don't know. I think it's really weird to review an MMO because it's not. It's it's very different than a traditional game because like a, a, an MMO at launch or an expansion at launch is completely different than when like a month later or two months later. So, yeah, but. So, but yeah, I'm excited about that. And another thing I've been playing is actually a fan made game called Chow Resort. Uh, is that Okay. Yeah, uh, anyone, like, if anyone played Sonic Adventure 2, you all remember the Chow Garden. It was the best part of the game. 
arguably. It was my favorite part of the game, arguably. No, it's my favorite part of the game. But, uh, no, it was my favorite part of the game. I remember coming home from, like, school just to, like, visit my chow and feed him and take him to school. It was beautiful. No, but, like, they... So there's this fan-made game called Chow Resort, which is essentially just the Chow Garden, and that's it. It's literally just that, and it's awesome and fun. I haven't gotten to play too much of it because it goes in real time. So I downloaded the game. Uh, I did, like, the little, the really, really quick tutorial, and then I saw, like, the chow eggs. And then I closed the game because I was waiting for them to hatch. And then they hatched, and then now I'm taking care of them. So there's not too much to say about that. I, I like... I don't know. I like the fact that, like, someone was listening in people's demands for a fucking Chow Garden game. Because I was just like, you know, if they put the Chow Garden on mobile, this thing would, like... I would just... Like, I don't care if, like... Like, it was, like, a pay game, like, where it's, like, oh, pay $2. I would buy the shit out of that. And... I'm glad someone's doing something like this, so it's a lot of fun. I think it's cute. I think, and it's like, to me, it's the only reason, like, why I'm demanding is because, like, they haven't included that feature in any Sonic game, like, after Adventure 2. So, yeah, it's fun. It's cute. It's free. That's the best part. It's free. Go on their Twitter. Uh, It's called Chow Resort. If you find their Twitter page, they actually have a link to the download, which is their Discord and all that good stuff. And they constantly update it, and they actually give, like, free stuff for people, like, there's, like, a feature where, like, occasionally they'll do events and then, like, you just put in a code in the game and then you'll get, like, free stuff. And it's really cool. So, yeah. That's Chow Resort. And last thing I want to talk about in, ter- uh, in terms of games and my probably just the last thing I'll talk about is Smash 4, which is, like, nothing new, actually. But um, I'm actually entering a tournament next week in Smash 4. And oh, I just really? want to say that. Yeah, nice. I've been playing, I've been labbing and playing a lot of it. And I'm getting more into the, com- like, I've always been into the competitive stuff, but never, like, entered anything. But my, there's an, a tournament actually, well, relatively close in terms of Bay Area, <laughs> like, <laughs> fucking distance, which is stupid. But, like, it's relatively close to my town. It's, like, not an hour and a half drive away. It's only, like, a train, like, a, like I just go to the train station and it's only, like tw- like, 10 minutes away. So, it's I'm gonna enter a tournament and I'm actually excited for it and yeah like that's gonna be fun. Uh, Smash Four is cool. I love the game a lot. It's like not something I talk about all the time because like it's something I just play all the time. It's kind of like I don't know. It's kind of like why bring up a game that you play like every week? But like yeah, I've been working really hard and I hope I do good at the tournament and that's the only reason I'm bringing it up. So yeah, I'm excited about that. Awesome. Best of luck to you. Thank you. Thank you. And I think it's gonna be streamed. I don't know if it's gonna be streamed. If it's good. If it's going to be streamed, I'm going to post it on my Twitter so people can watch it. it like, There's going to be other players, and there's going to be other stuff too. But if it's going to be streamed, and I'm going to be on stream, I'll tweet it out. But yeah, so those, that's the things I've been playing. And like, yeah, I don't know. I've been I've been kind of like trying to play more games. It's it's really hard with my part-time job, but I'm trying to like find small stuff to play, which is why I've been playing like... Which is why I, I'm glad I'm reviewing Lost Technology and why I'm uh, playing Chow Resort because those are just like small bite-sized games that I can legitimately enjoy in the times of the day where I can actually enjoy to play video games. Well, next sure. week, by, by this time next week, you'll be playing for a view a game that we can all enjoy hearing you talk about. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I actually fixed my capture card to my Switch so I can actually record video footage oh. of my Switch finally because like, I don't know why it wasn't working before, but they updated the driver, so... It's nice. good. Yes. And we're gonna, yeah, we're going to get video of this monstrosity. <laughs> Maybe not monstrosity. Mm. People say it's good. Yeah. Oh, I, Nathan. And, and I know we call, I'm calling it that, but the reason <laughs> I wanted to review it is because I am legitimately, like, 
kind of. Oh, it should not be. Even yeah. if it's even if it turns out to somehow be a good game, it still should not be. <laughs> uh, it's amazing that it is. <laughs> it's amazing that it exists at all. Yeah, that's 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 pretty much the long and short of it. Yep. Oh my goodness. Oh gosh. That More that's gonna that be fun, time. but yeah. but next week. Next yep. week. Uh, right. I. What have you been playing? Don't don't you fucking talk to me like you're the host. Oof. Oof. Getting salty um, up in here. The salty spittoon. Uh, I've got just a few things to talk about, which seems to be the theme of tonight. I'm going to take my jacket off because it's a little warm here. Ooh, it's about mm, to get a little warmer sexy here. on the Hayport podcast Whew. tonight. Mm. Getting them vapors again, like when you were singing earlier. Whew. So uh, I'm going to start with StarCraft Remastered because I oh, said vapors last are gone. week that I would... <laughs> Oh, nice. Uh, no, I actually want to hear talking, about it because I haven't had the chance to Unless you're talking about Vespine gas vapors. Ah, I was. <laughs> You've solved my riddle. Uh, yeah, so, Nathan, I talked about this a lot last week, so I'm not going to go too much into it this week. That's fine. Um, but I talked about how StarCraft is in a weird position to be remastered because they're... They want to appeal both to people who haven't played it before, people who haven't played it in a long time, i.e. me, um... And they want to uh, make something for the hardcore fans who have been playing it for 20 years. Um, I ended up giving it a 7 out of 10. After I'd played it a lot, or, you know, 3.5 out of 5. Uh, After I'd played it a lot, I figured, like, in some ways it's, like, the perfect example of that. Because a 3.5 out of 5 is, like, if you're really into this thing, you will like it a lot. And if you're not, you should probably skip it. Uh, is how yeah. I see that score a lot of the time. Yeah. And that is absolutely yep. what this is. If you are a StarCraft person, then StarCraft Remastered is for you. If you're a non-StarCraft person and you just want to play StarCraft, just get... They released the original version of the game for free. Just get that. Play it. It won't look as nice, but who cares? It won't have multiplayer, but if you just want to play casually, you can't do the multiplayer. You'll get murdered out there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Um... Yeah, I mean, that's basically where I'm at with uh, the particular remastered version. Um, But I will say, and I feel like I kind of skimmed over this last week, I'm having a great time with it. Uh, I I go through cycles, and I did this with StarCraft 2, which I have played a lot of, where it's like... Man, I really want to try and get good at StarCraft 2, and then I play it and I get pretty good. I, like got up to gold league a few times um and then i'm like and then i remember that it takes literally like 60 hours a week of practice to really get good starcraft 2 and i get frustrated and quit and say it's a bad game and don't play it anymore and then i get back into starcraft and the cycle begins anew and uh, (laughs) starcraft remastered came out at the perfect time to get me back into it i'm learning like all of the brood war tech and like all of the weird um I'm actually kind of glad I did, though, because I feel like it it made my review better. A lot of the reviews I saw was like, the pathfinding is bad, and they didn't change it without talking about the fact that, like, well, actually, there's lots of ways to cheat the pathfinding to make it, like, work really well in your favor. A pretty basic thing being that if you click a lot, like, rather than just clicking on the location you want to go to, if you click to all the little steps along the way, it makes the pathfinding work better because it doesn't have to calculate as big of chunks. Um, And then it actually works really well. So, like, I didn't know that beforehand, but, like, I did my research and found, like, oh, okay, Mm -hmm. I can see why... 
this is something that they would keep. I can see why, like, this is something that you would want to learn to work around and something that you would want to keep. I still think that they should have had some kind of switch. A lot of remastered versions are doing this now. Uh, all the Double Fine remasters, so like Day of the Tentacle, Grim Fandango, uh, the other one that I forget the name of this about, Motorcycles Full Throttle, I got there eventually. <laughs> <clears throat> They all had it so that you could either control it with the shit-awful garbage tank controls, uh, like, that say, Grim Fandango had, um, or the Day of the Tentacle interface, which a lot of people hate, but I actually don't mind, um, or you could play it with the, uh, uh, or, or you could play it with, like, they made a new, better interface. Um, many other remasters do this, too. Night Dive Studios is so ridiculous about putting this stuff back in that the original Strife Veteran Edition actually had a slider that let you turn old glitches on or off. Um, include And a separate slider for if you want the game-breaking ones on or off. Just in case you wanted to have the most authentic old-time experience possible. Mm. And I and don't... I don't see why Blizzard couldn't have done some of that. Like, okay, programming pathfinding AI is hard. I know that from my own experience programming. Maybe you don't want to do that. I mean, you already have one for StarCraft II that works and you could just port it over. But, you know, fine. Maybe you don't want to do that. But there's definitely, like, smaller changes you could make, especially for stuff that's just in the single player or just in the campaign where you don't have to worry about, like, preserving balance and tech. Um, for example, why did you change the multiplayer menu for the new matchmaking? You made the multiplayer all nice, but the single player game menu is still unintuitive hot garbage. <laughs> why is it that you still have to like, when you're actually in game, a different set of menus, if you want to see the objectives for a mission, it doesn't put them in the top left of the screen like most RTS games do now. It's not just one button away. You have to go pause the game, open the options menu, and then go to your objectives from there. Why? And why could you not fix that? Nobody's going to look at their objectives in a multiplayer game. They know what their objective is. Kill the other person. <laughs> do the thing that you do. Uh, it, it really... The more I play it, the more it feels kind of lazy. It is the best version of StarCraft that exists, of the original StarCraft in its expansion, Brood War. This is the best you're going to get. But man, it really could have been so much more, and there's a lot of stuff they're promising to fix with patches, but A, fuck you, should have been in the game from the start, and B, you're Blizzard, and I don't trust you. <sighs> I trust you slightly more now, but I don't trust you? So, I don't know. If you're, if you're into, if you really want, like, if you're, again, I think it just comes down to what I said at the beginning. If you're big into StarCraft, like I am, on and off, then you should get it. And if you're not, then I don't, don't bother. Um, if you were even going to bother anyway. Uh, yeah, so that's, that's the rest of my hot take on StarCraft 2, and you can read my review. I think it came out quite well. Uh, I also want to talk about, so we talk about TV shows on here sometimes. Sure. And I know everyone thinks I'm about to lead into talking about The Defenders, but I didn't have time to watch it this weekend. And I won't have time Same. to watch it this upcoming weekend because The Tick is out and oh, fucking anything yeah. else, The Tick. I forgot that was coming out that soon. That's exciting. Uh, the Tick is my favorite anything ever, basically. <laughs> so I'll be watching that. Thank you. Um, 
But there is another show that uh, finished up this last week. It's second season. It had a big three-part finale this last week that was fucking amazing. And I really want to talk about it because it's a show that not a lot of people are talking about, but that I think is amazing. I think it is genuinely one of the best animated shows I've ever seen and the best Star Wars show of all time. And I'm, of course, talking about Lego Star Wars The Freemaker Adventures. <laughs> what? I'm not fucking around. I, 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 I'm not laughing at you because I think you're dumb or wrong. I was just laughing at how much I was not expecting that answer. Yeah, same here. See, that's that's the problem. That's the problem is that everyone is kind of sleeping on the show. Um, and I, I'm not saying that like, oh, how dare you? I'm saying that part of that's the way it's been advertised. Um, and a lot of people look at it and think... Oh, that just looks like it's a dumb show for kids. And I mean, it, you know, it is a show for kids. I mean, sure. yeah, it's a, yeah. It's a so Steven Universe and I obsess over that. You're cool. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, but it is also just, it is a great show. Um, so it's, it is presented in the Lego style, but it's, you know, it's basically a Star Wars show. Um, and it tells the story of the Freemaker family who lives on a space station called the wheel and they are a family of scavengers and they end up getting embroiled in galactic politics and big adventures in the way that ordinary citizens tend to do in the star Wars universe. Um, and uh, it's one of those things where like part of the fun of it is that in the style of probably the most famous example that also had its big finale this past week is the adventure zone. It's that same style of starting off as something goofy, extremely lighthearted with no indication of what it's going to become and expanding to a really epic scope with really genuinely good storytelling. Um, so you almost, and I think this might be part of the reason you almost don't want to talk about it too much. Um, because you don't want to be like, oh, and then there's this really great, you know, big moment where everything turns on its head. Uh, but it's just part of the strength of it, I think, as opposed to, so I have another podcast and I don't mean to plug it, but it's called Star Wars. And every week, a fellow comedian friend of mine and I watch an episode of Star Wars, The Clone Wars and talk about why it's one of the worst shows ever. Um, and of course that led into the currently ongoing Star Wars Rebels, which I haven't seen much of, but it's the same team and it's that same style of being serious and telling good stories means that we have to be dreary because that's what everyone likes about Star Wars is how not fun it is. (laughs) And I think that's that's why the prequels are everyone's favorites, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. And I think that part of the strength of the Freemaker Adventures is that it's sort of loosely canon. The official ruling on its canon is that the events really happened, but um, they're being told as a comedy. So, like, the Emperor did capture Rowan Freemaker, but he probably didn't go, Ooh, goody-goody gumdrops when he did so. Uh, as, as he only only if he sounded exactly like you just did doing it. That's a pretty good imitation of the Lego Star Wars version of Palpatine. Huh. Actually. Um, but, yeah, it's just... It's a super cool show, and if you have any sort of cable, you can watch it on the, like, Disney XD Watch Anywhere, because it's on Disney XD, of course, because Disney owns Star Wars. Uh, and if not, like, I actually b- paid to watch this second season on Google Play, and I don't regret that money at all. Like, it was 
10,000% worth it. But it's a, it's a really funny show that has really funny characters and doesn't just focus... One of the biggest problems with the old Clone Wars show, The Clone Wars, the CGI one, not the Tartakovsky one, is that it focuses on Anakin and Obi-Wan who have no character change between episodes two and episodes three, so their characters couldn't do anything. Because it's focusing on new, different characters who are mostly fighting new, different villains, um, they, like, they are actually able to tell a story and have character development and have things change and have things be interesting. And, like, it introduces some really cool concepts. Like, this second season is all about this ancient order of the jedi that was focused not on actually like being jedi like keeping the peace or fighting people or anything but on using the force to create works of art and architecture and trying to improve the world that way or the galaxy that way uh and just like the really cool implications of that of like using the force for artistic purposes and just oh god it's just a super good show and i know you've never heard of it but you should really give it a shot now that the second season's done. You should support it, however. Um, it being Disney XD, Disney XD almost always does two seasons of everything, so it's probably done. And I just... I, I keep looking for a Hey Poor Player outlet to talk about it because it really is, I think, one of the best shows of the past couple of years. And it's not... But because it's like such a kid show, it's not exactly your demographic. So I'm throwing it here on the Hey Poor podcast where we talk about nonsense. <laughs> um, and and I feel like I've done a terrible job doing so. So just just watch it and don't fucking listen to me. And just watch it. All right, that's that's. I'll be honest. There's nothing I could have possibly expected less than that than than what we just heard. But okay. That's well, a- but hang on. Think about it. The Lego Movie fucking ruled. yeah no Lego no, Batman it, movie fucking ruled. You want to see them do Star Wars Lego Free Maker Adventures? There you okay, go. Okay, I guess I didn't realize it was like the same writers as those. I, I thought it was like I. I from, from what I understand, like, the Ninjago and Chima or whatever else they do in terms of TV shows aren't really that same kind of writing, and so I guess I didn't expect this to be. Yeah, it's it's not all the exact same writers. It's a different runner and stuff, and obviously okay. the movie people are working on the movies. But, like, yeah. it's all under the Lego brand now, and they've really, like, stepped up their their production a lot. And Plus, it's, you know, it's Disney XD, so it does have some of the people from, like, Gravity Falls, Star vs. the Forces of Evil, Wonder Over Yonder. So yeah, there's good people. The new DuckTales reboot, which also kicks ass oh, from yeah. the one episode uh, that came out. So good. <laughs> anyway, uh, one last thing to talk about, and this is going to be a little unusual, but stick with me. Um, I'm going to talk about how I wanted to play Quake Champions. Um. So Quake Champions came out today, the day we're recording, or yesterday if you're hearing this when you went up, or sometime in the past if you're listening to it after that. I don't know exactly when you're... Fucking look it up. Came out on August 22nd. Uh, In its early access mode. Uh, Mm -hmm. And obviously I have a big connection to its software games, and to Doom, and to Quake. Uh, And so obviously I was like, well I should at least check this out. As sort of hey poor players person who would be expected to check this out yeah um certainly not the only person who covers these sorts of games but the one you're one of the the most and the most in depth yeah uh so i was like oh okay it's coming out in early access well i tell you what why don't i uh get it for free because i know it's going to be a free-to-play game and why don't i try to play some of it before the hey poor podcast uh 
And I was not able to for a few reasons. Number one is that it launched later than Bethesda said it would. Bethesda fucked up something multiplayer. I know, we're all shocked. Hang on, let me give you all a minute to be shocked. Um, I am so, shocked! Okay, so, I'm done. So it launched two hours before we started recording the podcast. There was no <laughs> way I was going to be able to install it and play it in time. Especially because, oh, it costs $30. Hmm... Interesting. And there's no free version, you say. So we've been covering Quake Champion sort of as the news came out, and I would say with increasing trepidation of it started off like, hey, this could be really cool, and became, oh. Uh, especially because of said free-to-play model, which is you will only be able to play the Ranger if you're playing for free. You will be able to collect an in-game currency that will let you rent other heroes for 24 hours, or you can buy said heroes with real money. And you can also buy cosmetics with real money. And you can also buy, like, sprays and skins and tons of things with real money. Um, so, but it doesn't even have a free version now. It's $30. And the Steam page makes no mention of the fact that it's eventually going to be free. Instead, huh. it says, the oh. Champions Edition will cost $40. Oh. But if you but if you buy it on early access, you're getting it at the special low price of thirty dollars. The special low price of thirty dollars for a thing that was supposed to be. Free there's all still along. Go- no. They're still going to be releasing it for free. They're okay. still going to be releasing it for free. They're just not mentioning that fact. If you want to get it on early access, if you look at the Steam page now and haven't been following the news, they're just not mentioning the fact. That it's going to be free. Huh. Instead, you're getting it for a special... If you buy it now, you get it for a special low price. Wow. That sounds special and low. So you might be asking yourself, what do you get for this $30? Uh, I asked myself this because $30... I can afford $30. The the opening of this episode where I talked about being too poor to eat is was was facetious in nature. I can afford a third dollar game, but it is something of an investment for me, sure. and I would say for a lot of people. And I want to yep. know what I'm getting out of it, especially for a game that is going to be free. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I really don't like this trend of games that are cost a ton of money in early access and going to be free later. Hmm. Hello, Fortnite. Anyway. <sighs> Yeah. So, here's what you get. Fucking nothing. You get almost no maps. One game mode and a team version of that one game mode. And, hmm. Now, this is really interesting to me. This is from... I've been reading pretty much every single preliminary report on this from Steam reviews to actual reviews. There's, There's a really interesting trend that people are noticing. And they're noticing that the Ranger is really, really bad. But that the heroes that you pay for, the most expensive heroes, have abilities such as wall hacking and being invisible. In an arena shooter, one of the characters gets to be permanently invisible, which means that you could just stand in a corner and rocket everybody to death because it's an arena shooter. But these are the ones that you have to pay money for, whereas the actual one free character, the Ranger, 
is easily the worst character in terms of balance. And also, people are noticing that the heroes really aren't good unless you pay microtransactions to not only buy the better heroes, but also to buy the better weapons for those heroes. Holy fucking shit! God. I, I, I had my doubts about Quake Champions... But I can't believe what an evil fucking money suck it has become. It's it's everything that we've been talking about. Games not be it's everything we were talking about with Shadow of War last week, where you know it's paying to win and be better at the game to the point of paying to play less of it. Like it's it's the same stuff all over again. I I it's apparently the characters who cost money are so fucking broken that it would be like perfectly in place. For them to introduce a character who is literally just a goddamn aimbot. People are saying, like, that wouldn't fucking affect the balance. That's how <laughs> broken. And this this was supposed uh... to be Bethesda's answer to esports, supposedly. But it's... <laughs> and, and of course, of course, even though it's early access, Jay and Nathan, even though they didn't have time to program in other maps, other modes... All of the characters, they didn't have time to program any sort of mod support, they didn't have time to program any sort of land support, they didn't have time to program a map editor, they didn't have time to program bots. Wow, okay. (laughs) But you want to know what they did have, you want to know what they did have time to program? Things where you pay more money. All of the microtransactions and the cosmetics, that's fucking It's things where you pay more money! Uh, God damn it. And I'm seeing a bunch of people uh, posting so excitedly about the Doom Slayer was announced to be in the game. And obviously, I follow a lot of people who are extremely into Doom. And about, oh, isn't it cool? They have the Doom 1 skin. They have the Doom 3 skin. They have the Doom 64 skin. Uh, and of course, they have the Doom 4 skin, which, Jesus Christ, I did not I did not think about <laughs> what that would sound like when you said it out loud. <laughs> Uh, and oh, like, oh, rich. look at the attention to detail they've put into making everything look really good. And I'm like, yeah, they have the the skins, you know, as someone who is extremely into Doom lore, it's like, oh, it's so cool that they got this little detail right. There's a bunch of little details they got right in that in the skins that you buy with real money, which appears to be the only thing they've put any fucking time into. So I will not be spending any money on Quake Champions when it releases releases, as it's expected to do in a couple months, after they've suckered everyone out of their $30 for that special low price, I don't know if I'm going to play a free-to-play and do a review of it, like I've been playing to do for months. I am just... I'm fucking disgusted. So that is the story of how I didn't play Quake Champions, and probably will not, and... Holy shit, id. Holy shit, Bethesda. Is this why you're not doing review copies anymore? Is this your new fucking direction? This is really, yeah. really goddamn disappointing. Yeah, yeah and with the, the Bethesda end of it, like, that reflects on other stuff. Like, I was I was thinking about it, like, and, you know, this, this is just expanding to them at large. The, the fact that they are even doing stuff like, you know, the the, uh, this, the Dishonored DLC that is coming out, excuse me, as its own packaged game. Like, it seems like there are more and more little steps they're taking to just make sure they are getting as many money grabs as possible with as little possible Fuck effort. Yeah. This is a huge one of those. Hell, even um that that Fallout app game a couple years ago when Fallout 4 was coming out, the, the Vault Manager, whatever it was called, like... 
so many little things like this, and this just seems like in many ways we are reaching a new apex for that kind of. Uh, uh, I, I believe the word, the term, is shitty management. Uh, shitty and bad. Shitty, yeah, bad, and I, not good at all. Even I don't want to. I don't want to say that Bethesda is at the level of like your EAs, your Activisions, yeah, your no. your Warner Interactives, your <laughs> Valves, whatever the companies are that we're like. These are the fucking shit companies. Um, the Konami's, although Konami's on a whole different level. Um, but I would say they're definitely fucking getting there. And this is genuinely one of the most just transparently horrible. Holy shit, guys. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Holy shit. Like this would be disgusting from anyone, but the fact that it's, it's Bethesda and it's id and they're trading on the success of, their na- and this is after Doom. This is after Doom that did, like, everything right. They're following that up with... Uh, evil. I don't know. Uh, it's... It's... It's bad. It's very bad. Yeah. There's yeah. your hot fucking take. Is You know what? I've never done one of these, but I think it's fucking time. <clears throat> fuck Bethesda. And fuck id Software. Literally three words I have never said next to each other. And with that, let's go to the commercial break! Hi, can I, like, call someone to come to your house and give you a massage during the break? I feel like you need it after that. Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> you you went a little bit, like, full, like, just in terms of rage, like, Alex Jones level in that one, in that one stream where he just keeps talking about Hillary Clinton and frogs turning gay and stuff. <laughs> like, you were kind of on that level for They're a turning there. the freaking rager nerfed! Yeah, oh my god, it's there. Wow. Oh, Jesus. The Hey Poor Podcast is the official podcast of HeyPoorPlayer.com, your one-stop shop for bitching about Quake Champions. Also, video game and pop culture news, reviews, and editorials. If you like what you've heard here and don't want to wait till next Wednesday to hear more, that's a place where you can read all of our writing and the full reviews of some of the games we've talked about here on the show. You can also follow us at HeyPoorPlayer on Twitter or Facebook, and you can check out our YouTube channel, which is home to a whole bunch of stuff. This week on the YouTube channel... Um, is an episode of I, Coleman, is Doomed, where I fight Doom's second boss, and it goes horribly, and it took an hour and a half of recording just to kill this thing, um, and then two hours to edit it down to, like, a good, watchable 30 minutes with a bunch of the, like, cutaway gags people expect from the series now, um, and then Windows Movie Maker fucking had eight seizures and it took me another two hours so please watch (laughs) that please please like validate the amount of time i spent on that also i think it came out super good validate i coleman's pain there you go uh beyond that jay where can people find you on the internet uh (laughs) that's kind of what you're leaning into there um (laughs) so yeah i'm on Ah, oh, man, you wouldn't sing George of the Jungle like we wanted you to, but you'll do that, huh? Okay. <laughs> not, you can find me on... Fucking pony. You can find... You, God damn it. You can find me on Twitter at Extreme Salsing. Uh, that's the main thing right now. Uh, video review for, for Lawbreakers will be on the channel. Um, everything I said about storylines and glory lines last week still holds true, including the part where I'm trying to finish a little more of stuff before I actually 
write the rest of it. I have not had time to do that because of kind of everything I've said about what my last week has been already. But that's still on the way, uh, kind of to the same degree that it was last week, and I look forward to being able to do more with that really soon. And also, hey, like, like I've, I mentioned before, uh, follow me on Instagram if you want. I'm Extreme Salsing there, too. Just because I post fun drawings there sometimes. Today, I posted... You know, I forget. I posted something. I posted a cat wearing a shirt that says Nirvana is cool. And by the gods, she's right. Uh, and that's me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nathan, we're going to be like... You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr as BlazerHoodie, all one word. I'm most active on Twitter. Um... So I think it's appropriate to announce that we're going to be uh, using our Twitch channel, hey Poor Pl- which is just called Hayport Player. It's not Hayport Player Hell TV yeah, we or anything. We're going to be, yep. I'm going to be streaming on that more. And I, Coleman, and myself are going to be streaming Gigantic, which is a mm-hmm. game that we both, I think, I still enjoy it. I, uh, how about you, I? You still enjoying the game? I, I, oh, I haven't yes. played it that much. <laughs> but maybe yeah. I should. Maybe I should... Uh... See if I can stream my ongoing journey to get good at StarCraft. Mm. Yeah, so idea, we're going to yeah, use... I'm really excited for the gigantic stream. It's going to be great. Yeah, and that'll be the day after this podcast goes up, which which is Thursday. And mm-hmm. uh, in general, we're just going to be streaming more. Uh, I talked to yeah. Frank about it, and we both agreed that like making use of our Twitch channel would be cool. And um, it's something I can just do more on my free time, and I have the internet to... Uh, I have the internet to be able to like uh, stream at a decent quality. I have pretty good upload speed, so just uh, look forward to seeing more stuff from the Twitch channel. And we'll always uh, update our social medias before we go live, so you can. So hopefully, you won't miss any of the live streams. But yeah, so that's something I'm looking forward to, and I'm also going to VRDC next month. I don't know like what. I'm not entirely sure like what. I can cover that's like game related. I know there will be video game stuff, but it's mostly about vi- virtual reality as a whole rather than just like, like you know, tied to video games. So, but I'm going to that and expect some coverage from that. So, yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you can find me at Last Space Marine on Twitter. You can follow my other podcast at StarWorstCast.com, which I talked about a little earlier on the show. It's me and my friend Joe losing our goddamn minds over what a bad television program The Clone Wars is. Um, and what else? Oh, yes, of course. Of course, SteelArmGame.com. Sign up there. Um, gonna have actually a really exciting development either this week or next, depending on a few different factors. Um, but also if you, uh, sign up to our newsletter right now, you can get the demo. You can play two whole levels of Steel Arm for free. That's a video game. It's a point-and-click adventure about being a cyborg detective in a world where all of your choices matter and all of your choices are the wrong ones. Jay and Nathan both, both contributed excellent voice acting to the product, and I contributed everything else. And, you get uh, to hear me scream poorly even more than you do on this show. And it's uh, we're looking at a December release, and uh, you should you should get on that. You should get on it. Steelarmgame.com because it's called Steelarm, and it's a game. We also have the Hayport Player forums that you can find by clicking the link on our main site, cowards. And that's something <laughs> we're really trying to get started as a way to interact with you guys, cowards. Unlike what, re- watching articles or reading videos. <laughs> with that block off. <laughs> Unlike eating your computer and shitting out the circuits. Well, I... 
What was funny about that was that I mixed up two verbs and put them with the wrong nouns. You just, like, just... Said some shit? You literally said some shit. I know. Proceed. Hey, we have the Hey Poor Player forums. (laughs) Uh, You should get on them, and you should talk to us and ask us questions, and uh, you can ask questions on the podcast. Uh, You can talk to us directly about all of our work. And you can say things like, Kenaness, participate on the Hey Poor Player forums, has like eight questions on one oh topic. Um, no, it's, trust me, it's good. Absolutely. The discussion during the question section last time was interesting, and I'd like to hear more on the subject of games media. Do you think it's in a good place? A bad one? Who's doing it right? What trends are happening in the future? So, Kenaness is just oh asking, what do we think about Garm's journalism? <laughs> good old, good old Gingus uh, Jingalingus. Um, my my problem with answering this is that no matter how much game journalism I absorb, which this you know this this makes me sound like a fake game journalist journalist cuck, but um, <laughs> I, I use that all ironically. Um, but no, like the the, the thing I, I I that makes it a little hard for me with this is that partly because we do this. I never feel like I'm absorbing enough of this kind of stuff from other people from other outlets. Like, there, you know, none of us are watching and reading everything we could be because we are producing that stuff as well, and you know, we have lives outside of this. But like, so so obviously, like, none of us have infallible opinions. I I think in many ways it's a good place. Um. I think it is shifting more than ever into an entertainment-focused place, or not an exclusively entertainment-focused place. I think that you're seeing a lot of outlets focusing more on areas of their websites and their YouTube channels and their Twitch streams that are based on entertainment over news coverage and reviews because a lot of the times that helps pay the bills. Like, you know, a, a, a giant chunk of Polygon's revenue comes from ad revenue from all of their Monster Factory videos. Like, those aren't critique. Those aren't reporting. Those are just two members of their staff fucking around with character designers. Like... Mm-hmm. I, I think that's a big part of it, and there's nothing wrong with that, and if the content is good, there's actually everything right with that. Um, obviously, you're going to have cases where the content itself seems kind of forced in some way or another. I remember uh, some of IGN's early stuff. They had a whole separate channel called, uh, I think called Pre- IGN Press Start or something like that. I honestly forgot oh, the name of it. Oh, man. Um, there was, yeah. which, which, which had some good stuff. One of the things they had was Up at Noon, which has since uh, been revitalized with Max Scoville and Brian Altano at the helm. And I think it's actually a really good, just like, weird pop culture variety hour now. And now it's just a lot more like just genuinely funny and heartfelt. But the, re- the original stuff of that with Greg Miller, uh, the show they had that was just an odd, like, game designer fight show that was like a tournament where each each episode someone got chopped off it felt like gordon ramsay should have kicked down the door and come in but uh there, there was stuff like that that just kind of felt forced it, it was like you know oh well we need to have one of these shows and we need to have one of those shows um i think you're gonna have stuff like that but i think right now we're at a place where a lot of a, a good number of media outlets are finding a way ways to create like genuinely good entertainment stuff as well as critique and journalism and often balance them well. I would say Waypoint is another one. Waypoint's obviously in its infancy. That's just over a year old now. Yeah. But Waypoint is doing an interesting job with that that I think has a lot of room to grow and is growing in some interesting places. Um, yeah, that, that's, that's kind of where I'm at with that. Um, 
I, I'm I'm reminded, and I'm, I'm sorry, I'll shut up in a minute, but like, I'm reminded very much of uh, that that video game donkey video about game journalists a, oh, from a few God. weeks back. So I agree with a lot of parts of that video and disagree with a fucking lot of parts of that video. Um, kind of hand in hand. I I think the one problem, well, I don't even know to what degree it's a problem. Like one issue, what one issue of debate, we'll say, is that where some people will talk about gaming outlets as if they are a single person, right? Like, you know, they'll be Definitely. like, "Oh, well, well GameSpot gave this you know, like someone who works for GameSpot just to make up an example might say they didn't really like Bayonetta 2, and then someone will tweet at them, "But GameSpot gave Bayonetta 2 a good score. You're just betraying your company." You know, like acting as though everyone at GameSpot is a hive mind and they have one collective opinion. That yeah, is not how one any thing of this that, works. If there's one thing that the hate poor podcast has shown, it's that we super don't work sure. like that. Sure. Yeah. Oh hell, like I, I have, I, I would love nothing more than to have. Like a series where different members of Hey Poor Player come on together, where one of them are like maybe reviewed a game and give it one score, and the other person disagrees with it, and just have a debate show about that, where it's like about a game every episode or something. Like, there's a lot of there's a lot there. We could do that we every single. Could. We we could probably do that about like every single article written. We we easily could. Let, let's yeah. Hey hey, let's bookmark this. But um, but but you know the the reason being that often debate is what generates good discussion as much as you know a review or whatever. Along a, a lot of the time, it's the disagreement that brings out the most interesting parts of people's opinions. Um, and so you have problems where people generalize like that, right? You do have those problems where people are like, oh well, definitely. You know, yeah yeah yeah. IGN hated this game. No one dude hated this game. I don't know what to tell you. Um. But by that same token, what, why, why I brought up the video game Donkey thing is a point of contention he had, and I don't mean to single him out. I, I really like Donkey's stuff. This was just a particular video. Um, I, I really enjoy Donkey's critique and humor overall. Again, he's kind of another example of this in himself. But um, he, he made the point of like, oh, there's, there's all these people who work at IGN, for example, and I don't really often get a sense of their individual voices or their individual critiques. It's not the same as if you follow, let's say, like the Angry Joe show or whoever, where it's like a one-person show and you understand sort of what you're seeing this review based on based on that person. The thing about that argument is that you can you can do that with with any outlet. You just need to follow the people individually. Like, you can easily go to... Polygon and follow Griffin McElroy. You can go to Giant Bob and follow Jeff Gersman in particular and learn about his particular opinions. Like, you can do that with anyone. Um, so I, I think the one of the biggest... I don't know. I Personally, I feel like one of the biggest issues facing games journalism going forward is, like, that battle of the identity of the individual reviewer versus the, the identity of the entity as a whole, if that makes sense. Well, yeah, what I, what I was definitely going to say is... Um, this has been a big trend, kind of in internet media in general. Mm -hmm. um, you could argue media in general, but especially yeah. in games media, we see this for years now. And many people have said this, so I'm not saying anything new. More than being more entertainment focused, it's more and more about being personality focused. More and more media mm -hmm. is driven by specific personalities. You had Jim Sterling, who you know, was a big part of the reason people enjoyed Destructoid was Jim Sterling and his content, and then he was able to go off and now he's doing his own thing on his own website. Uh, you have, you know, uh, Laura Kate Dale, who's done a bunch of things. You have, uh, obviously, all these YouTube channels that have sprung up, which yeah. most people get their gaming... You don't have to like this fact, but most people who 
like care about game reviews and games criticism are getting it from PewDiePie. <laughs> you don't oh, have to like it, but it's that true. hurts. It's that a true hurts to fact. Hear. Um, and like it's that's just how it is. And Markiplier and people like that. Um, yeah. it's more and more personality driven. And like Polygon has had a big like revitalization and resurgence in the past. I would say year, year or two. Because of Justin McElroy, Griffin McElroy, and Nick Robinson. Um, and now, more and more, Polygon has embraced that by, like, putting all of their writers on their shows and things and giving them their own shows. So you have, yeah. like, the Polygon show with Simone and all their female writers. You have Awful Squad that is meant to highlight their writers. <laughs> you had that, whatever that fucking show they had that I forget the name of it, that was Ross and Justin and whatever that was called. Yeah. Um... They've had a bunch I of things. I, can't, yeah, I honestly they, can't remember They are either. specifically doing things to highlight the personalities of the people they have because that is what people like today. Yeah. Um, you can argue all you want about, like, should, you know, oh, but should this site present this, like, consistent opinion and consistent writing style? Or should it be more personality-driven? You know, like you were saying with, with Dunkey's argument on the matter. You can argue about whether or not it should be that way. doesn't matter. It is that way. Our own YouTube channel and our own this podcast, we have both tried to make them. I have consciously tried to make them more personality driven because that what yeah. that's what works. Uh, Se- YouTube- second opinion would not be able to exist at the hands of anyone else at Hey Poor Player because of exactly. how personality driven it is based on your personality and your way of creating arguments. Yeah, second opinion exactly, and of course the show that is fucking called I Coleman is doomed. Yeah, um, it's and that's not me promoting my own personal brand like that's not the intention there because i like working for hey poor player a lot and i wouldn't want to do one site's work on my own i would kill myself um but it's it's to it's to get that personality focus people will come because they like me and people will be like oh i really like this i coleman person or i really hate this i coleman person let's you know be real but i really like this i coleman person i want to see you know what else they're up to what else they're doing oh there's a big thing at the beginning of all my videos now that says, Hey, Poor Player TV presents. Well, I'll check out other Hey, Poor Player TV things. Hey, I really like this J guy. He's got some really cool opinions in his video reviews and stuff. I'm going to check out their website. Like, that is how, that's what works now. That is what yeah. people, that's what people want now. It's not even just like a cynical marketing strategy. It's what people want. People want the opinions, be or the personalities behind the opinions, rather. Um, and I think... Again, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. That's that's a reality that we all need to be accustomed to. Definitely, um, yeah. And I, like, I, I I would I would say as for, I think that traditional games media is in trouble right now. Um, more and more, we see people who are like, "Oh, I don't like game reviews. I don't read game reviews. Game reviews are worthless." Um, and and moving more towards like YouTube and things of that nature, podcasts perhaps, uh, which is why smart sites like ours have YouTube, Twitch, and podcast presences. Yeah. But even that may be too little, too late. And I think that that is, I think that that would be a bad thing. I think the loss of traditional games media would be a very bad thing because I think it's. I mean, I wouldn't be working here if I didn't think it was an extremely valuable thing. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, and I think that a lot of the hatred and anger, as you say, is based on generalizations. Like, you know, Absolutely. oh, this one yeah. person or even this one website was super, you know, scurrilous and, and 
bad and you know did some really unethical shit so all of games media is unethical or you know this this uh, so much of that i'm not even trying to you know poke that particular wasp's nest um but you know just uh, so many things now it's like oh this one game journalist does this they all do this uh even on our own you know shows and stuff we make fun of like oh yeah all games journalists compare everything to dark souls when really it's like two maybe three people who do that regularly and most of the rest of games media makes fun of them they made fun of the exact same thing on podquisition a few weeks ago they make fun of it on as you said like mega 64 did a thing making fun of that like the rest of games media is laughing right along with you yeah um yeah my biggest my biggest problem with and again this is me making a huge generalization but my biggest problem with some games media outlets uh, that I have right now is, and the reason I have a problem with this is because I think the strength of sites like ours is that we can have a level of critical analysis that a YouTuber can't. Not to say that YouTube is bad, but they just can't because most people aren't going to sit through like a long video that's boring analysis. The strength of critics is that critics used to be the most knowledgeable on their subject. Like, if you read a review of an album, because uh, music criticism is kind of where our modern ideas of criticism started, simply mm-hmm. because music was more commercially available before movies and then, of course, before games, um, or even literary criticism, you were the most knowledgeable person on that subject, and you were explaining things to people that they didn't know. Yeah. You were able to give a historical context to things. And I think... One of the problems with modern games journalism is because anyone can start a website and now the only real requirement to becoming a games journalist is write at all, like, and don't be able to write coherent sentences, is that I do think we have a lot of writers today who are not all that knowledgeable on things. And we talked about this a couple weeks back, how it's like, you know, oh, you know, like everyone is saying that Dark Souls invented difficulty, or that, you know, anytime a new game comes out, it's like, oh, this is the first game that's done this. And so often it's like, no, it hasn't. Yeah. Or people talk about, like, Telltale revitalized the point-and-click adventure genre. No, a bunch of other things yeah. are doing point-and-click adventures. Doom is the first fast-paced shooter in years. No, there's a ton of indie games that have been doing it. And Doom, like, the new Doom directly takes from them. Um, or people who think that the new Doom is the first Doom, which is batshit fucking insane. <laughs> That you would not know about the most important, you know, PC game in PC game history, or and the most important first person shooter, like, and and I think that that level of knowledge is something that really needs to be brought back again. Many sites are very good at this. Many yeah, sites it, are very it, good at this, and many people are very good at this, even if they work for sites that might be on average. We all right. shit on Kotaku. Um, mm-hmm. and don't get me wrong, when Kotaku fucks up, I love a good shit on Kotaku, but. They also do Absolutely. some really good stuff. And I would yeah. say the Ko- I, I would say that Kotaku more than any other site right now is doing more actual in-depth games journalism of like actual news reporting, of like getting to the meat of a story. Like Kotaku is the one who will be like we did a 6-month investigation and found this shady shit happening in the industry. That's Kotaku. Yeah, like, they they broke all the Des- a ton of Destiny stuff. They broke a lot of No Man's Sky stuff and Mass Effect stuff. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, and then they got blacklisted from by publishers, and everyone's like, "Ho ho ho!" Kotaku got blacklisted instead of realizing like 
Kotaku found out that these companies were doing shady stuff and the companies panicked and you guys are taking the side of the companies that were doing shady stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's... it's, And, and they're generalizing because, like, Kotaku has some really cringy editorials. Yeah. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, Kotaku has had, and I think they're getting better at this, but Kotaku has had some really fucking cringy editorials. Every time Snack Taku comes up, I just want to punch a baby. <laughs> um, But... But they have really good news reporting, and that's the thing. I would say that Polygon is the exact opposite. Polygon doesn't do news a lot, and when they do, sometimes it's fairly stupid surface-level stuff. This is my opinion. Feel free to agree or disagree with it. Uh, but they are like they're a more editorial-focused site. By their own admission, by their own mission statement, they are more focused on editorials, and so they have some really interesting, insightful editorials when those comes out. And admittedly, they have one that came out that said, I don't care if Battlefront is good. So, but that, this is what I'm saying, though. No site is one thing. Yeah. Um, that's, yeah, that's where it all comes down to, I think. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as, let's see. As for who's doing it right, I guess I kind of said that. Um, I think Rock, Paper, Shotgun is really great. They've managed to stay independent forever. Uh, I really do... Like a poor player, I like the way we do things a lot. I know it feels dumb to plug our own shit, but like, I really do trust a poor player for reviews and news and stuff now more than I do other sites because I know like the people here. Um, yeah, and we we do do a pretty good job of like letting our reviewers, pre, you know, project their subjective styles. I'll, I'll say to plug a specific review, uh, Bethany Meadows just reviewed Senua's Sacrifice for us. Uh, Hellblade mm-hmm. Senua's Sacrifice, the new game by the Heavenly Sword people. And, and then there were some moments in there where I was like, oh, I, I was definitely understanding that like it connected to her on very personal and unique ways, and I worked heavily with her on that review and got to see a lot of that. And I think sites that managed to do that where you can see a writer's personal perspective come out in places, like like in in places that have to do with to, like you understand how a game might have touched them as a person, then that's, that's a success. Then some kind of success has been had there. Anyway, Nathan, I've uh, I've stepped all over you. No, no, uh, I think or I we think, both have rather. So no, yeah, I think you all. Home. I think you all added like I think you all pretty much said what I wanted to say, if not more too. Like I think the only thing um I would like add to this conversation is like because we're talking about like the state of game journalism as a whole, um, and this is like from my perspective only be- because I live in the San Francisco Bay Area, so I live like literally not too far from both the headquarters of IGN and GameSpot and have applied multiple times to both of those companies. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's a really interesting perspective to have about game, like that to have is like living here is that like a lot of people like who work in game journalism have like always have this like idea that like, Oh, you have to live in this particular area of the country because this is where like a lot of the events are. This is where like, the two biggest companies are it, and just like you know it's just like the luxury of geography you know what i mean but um i'm happy that we're getting to a point where that's that doesn't necessarily have to be the case yeah that's very true and i think that's like an important thing to point out is that like it, it, before you had like if you worked at ign you had to go you had to live in san francisco or like around you know relatively close mm-hmm. and yeah. you know you see it with like waypoint you see it with polygon and you Polygon see, does not have a physical office. Yeah. yeah, so you see it with them where they just like we're a bunch of people from like different parts of the country, and we it's like 
we communicate through the internet or we have or like there's like a couple of people who live in San Francisco there's a couple of people who live in New York and like they do stuff together right and that's cool and I really like that we're kind of breaking away from that because as someone like who has to hear constantly is like oh you live in a primo location and realizing the reality is that like not everyone can live in this super expensive primo location hell people who are living here currently have to move out because like it's just yeah. too expensive and that's more of like like jur- game journalism as like a career and people who are looking for jobs in the game in game journalism but i think it's important to note that like we are we are moving away from that and that's a fucking fantastic thing for people who like for like for like for example i he lives in the midwest but he you know he he has as much of an opportunity in game journalism if not more than like someone like me who lives in the bay area yeah. and i think Our that's great own, uh, delano who lives in south africa in south yeah, africa exactly. I was gonna say, yeah and that's and like I think that's a positive. Now I will say that um, between the mid two thousands and like early two thousand tens, a lot of sites were really in trouble, and a lot of outlets actually just started closing down, which yeah. meant that there were less jobs in our industry. And I would argue that while yes, this like the like the rise of sites like Waypoint and like the resurgence of Polygon like and stuff, yeah, I I would say like while it makes our like jobs and our respective field more lucrative and enticing the amount of jobs that the amount of jobs in our industry actually haven't increased no um, not at all. in terms no. of like full-time paying professional jobs not no no not at all yeah and like games are expanding and you would think like oh our field would be expanding it's like no it's really not actually because well, again like 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 i kind of said that like with, with the whole thing of anyone can start a website now and i, I want to say yeah. that that just, just to go back to that, because I, I, you know, it, it was part of a whole thing. Yeah, it's okay for like, like the the anyone can start a site thing still only means so much because you know Frank wasn't anyone who started a site, and I wasn't anyone who at seventeen years old came to him and was like, "Hey, can I review the last story?" And then the rest, you know, the rest came from there. Yeah, like that can still mean something and build into something greater than that. But oh, sure, I did. The, the I really, fa- mm. yeah, I did not mean the- to knock that. Oh no no! I, I didn't think you did. I just wanted to like like mention that I guess. Yeah yeah. Because like the, the the thing about it is, I don't know. I, I feel like I almost lost my point. But but the, the the thing about it is, it is easier than ever to do this as a hobby or a side job, which yep. is what we do. Like yep. you know, Nathan, you're a freelancer. I you're in school and you're making a video game. I work for a newspaper. Like we all we all most of us have jobs outside of this, and yeah. that's gotten easier. But the actual full time paying jobs have not grown no yeah no, and i'm sorry I, if this I is would like agree. and i'm sorry if this is detracting from like maybe what they were asking but i think it is important to note no, as someone I who works who works like in game journalism that this is the reality of like what we are facing because we're talking about like because yeah. we're talking about it from like you know a viewpoint of like oh like people don't trust game journalism and like all this other stuff and i think it's important to note that like you know, if you want to get into this field, you have to, like, be aware of, like, certain things that are going on. Like, like all of what we are saying, I think, is extremely valuable to people who are who want to get into our field or know want to know more about our field. So, yeah, yeah. And I think and, that and is important, such... especially if you live in the Bay Area and you're like, oh, but like I live like I'm in an, like I, I can like work at IGN. It's like, dude, I've applied there like three times. <laughs> like I've and, had and friends so who have graduated. like 50,000 other people. Yeah, and I've had friends who graduate from UC Berkeley, people from across the country who apply, and you're you're, you're trying to get a job in like the most competitive part of the country. Like, yeah. good fucking luck. Mm-hmm. But like, not not to knock you for trying. You should definitely try a hundred percent of the time, even if you think you're gonna fail. I'll try a hundred percent of the time. But still, it's hard. It's hard out here. 
All right, that went very long, and I don't think that's necessarily bad. No, that was a good conversation. We need to yeah. we need to get into some shit, but first we always end with a food question. And can yes. not disappoint? What are your preferred hamburger toppings? I'll go first. Oh. Yeah, go for it. Go ahead. Grilled onions, tomatoes, lettuce, uh, mayonnaise, and ketchup, and pickles. Nice. nice. And yeah, that's it. Maybe sriracha. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jay, you want to go? Yeah, sure. Yeah, go ahead. So <laughs> my, my, my favorite is, it's what I always get at Five Guys if I'm there, but it's also just generally my favorite. Um, grilled peppers, grilled mushrooms, grilled onions, tomato, no lettuce if it's like iceberg lettuce. I like it if it's like a, like a proper-ass leaf lettuce. Um, pepper jack cheese, A1 sauce. That that's that that is my that is my perfect burger. Any burger, you put pepper jack cheese on it, but that that's like my, my specific order that is just the best stuff. Yeah. Or regular barbecue sauce is also good. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm a simple guy. So it's like really similar to eyes where it's just like, you know, grilled onions, grilled onions. I don't, I can eat normal onions, but like I would prefer grilled, just for preference, uh, grilled onions, lettuce, um, no tomatoes, no pickles. I don't like pickles for some reason. Um, mm. ketchup, mayo, and cheese. Uh, I, I don't have a preference on cheese either, but ketchup and mayo is a thing for me. I'm not a mustard guy, but yeah, mm. simple guy, simple Simple burger liking guy. Good old Berg. Yeah, news. 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 I've heard of that. Uh, I guess let's start with the biggest story just to make sure we cover it. So, Nintendo, we knew that the SNES Classic uh, launched, well, really just pre-orders in this case but both we yeah. knew that the whole snes classic thing was going to be real bad because the nes classic Broker thing was breaking everything breaking the nes heart. classic thing was and i say this quite earnestly disgraceful the SNES... amiibos have been disgraceful like this yeah. this is this has been their thing i've been trying to find a female corn for like a month now Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, shoot i found one at gamestop the other day i could have bought it and mailed it to you damn it it's okay. It's okay. Nathan is like having an aneurysm now that you've told him that. Anyway, the uh, the SNES Classic though. So I wasn't going to talk about the pre-orders being shit because, like, of course. Yeah. But mm-hmm. it's. I think it's worth talking about just how ma- amazingly bad they were. So obviously there were only like six. <laughs> yeah. Um, there genuinely were, like, only maybe a few thousand out of, you know, easily tens of thousands of people. Even non-gamers who I saw talking about this. Like, my dad was like, oh, SNES Classic, I, you know, I have one of those, I'd be interested in that. Um, so, first of all, okay, let me just get this out of the way. If you do not, right now, have an SNES Classic unlock, you're not getting one. Sorry, eat shit and die. That's Rip. not for me, that's from Nintendo. Um, pre-orders went up at three in the goddamn morning. Yep. That was weird. Yeah, that was, that was a thing. Surprise. Were you asleep yeah. like a normal human might be? Fuck. That Shit, sucks I was for you. And was, and I was awake and still didn't get the memo. <laughs> uh, Target had an interesting glitch where it would add people's, uh, SNES classic orders to their cart hold it for 10 minutes, and then say that they were out. Oh, Jesus. Mm-hmm. GameStop's um, site crashed, I believe, for, like, yes. a good long while. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Nintendo's only response to these ongoing problems and the lack of scarcity was saying there were there is plenty of supply for the SNES Mini, um, despite the fact that uh, on like their site they sold out in how long do you guys think? Uh, thirty seconds. A minute. Too many. What? Wait, ten many. seconds. Two seconds. Fuck. How does that even? That's happen? not many seconds. Um, ThinkGeek is now selling SNES classics for up to, let's no. see, what's the most expensive of these little no. bundles? Oh. $330. I, it hasn't even been 24 hours as of when we're recording this. Oh Holy fuck. <laughs> That's, wow. Ah, jeez. Ah, jeez. Um, yeah. I mean, we could go on and on. I just... Oh, it's just literally everything that could go wrong. The thing is, like, I'm looking at this gigantic article about, like, everything that went wrong today, um, usgamer.net, and I just, I just can't. There's too much. It would be another hour of the podcast to detail how they managed to do everything wrong. Um, so you guys hot take while I pick out any other amazingly broken stuff. Oh. Like, uh, I I mean, I don't have much to add other than, like, they like i mean kudos to them they really like messed it up even more so than they already had before like that's oh a lot of game sites won't be covering it because a whole bunch of games journalists obviously nintendo didn't give any to the press and a whole bunch of games <sighs> journalists didn't get it because nobody could get one yeah yep oh my god uh, we, we 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 luckily uh do have someone getting one who's going to be reviewing it for us Bless. so that's that's uh, rule that rules yeah bless mm-hmm. you anthony poloni but um, <laughs> I I don't know. I, I kind of agree with Nathan where where I don't have much to say about it. Mostly because I'm not even surprised in the slightest. Yeah. Like I, I I like even I and I I know part of the reason we're talking about it is like you said I just how much was screwed up. Frankly, even with that in mind, I still cannot muster up the spiritual energy required to feign surprise at this. Like. This has been like you know amiibos have been a thing since the end of 2014, and we have watched release of new amiibos oftentimes be not quite as bad as this but pretty much as bad as this since then like yeah. some of them have gone fine mm-hmm. like the, the the last kind of whole run of uh smash ones went at least okay in terms of fast pre-orders like i don't know yeah. things got smoothed out a little bit over time but we're seeing it revert right yeah. back um, to that same level with this stuff i feel like or with the wii back in the day you know like i, I think i've talked about before how when i was when I was younger, I, I I was getting a Wii for my birthday. My birthday is in January. I did not get a Wii until May because of how long it took to get one. Like hell, and, even and the Switch, the... dude. That was like a couple months ago, and that was hard as mm. shit to like. Yeah, that was well, hard they, as shit for they... me. I I pre-ordered at Walmart and Target, and they canceled both. It was amazing. Yeah. And and they, they've sw- they've 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 saved it with the Switch since then a bit. I think like you can you can get one. It's just some. It's just. You go oh, yeah, you somewhere <laughs> and put one, put in a thing, and then maybe a week later you get one. The other big thing uh, that is probably worth talking about is that Best Buy had the wrong numbers, <laughs> um, so they validated oh. people's pre-orders and then got new numbers from Nintendo of how many were actually coming out, and we're like, "Whoops, actually, we don't have enough for you." Yeah, uh. Uh, they were like. Oh, we knew it'd not be enough, but we didn't know it would not not be enough. All right, anyway. And that's the SNES Classic. Here's something that we can all feel good about. Bubsy's back! Fuck me. 
God damn it. This is, did I mention this is going to be the saddest news break? Bubsy. Um, I have three... I have three super shitty stories in them. One that's kind of not shitty, but actually still kind of is now that I think about it. This is like when Dunky got people to ask for Knack 2 so much that we're getting Knack 2. Bubsy. Bubsy. So, Bubsy is legendarily considered one of the worst platformers. Uh, He's had three games, and they were all varying levels of utter fucking shit garbage. He's getting a fourth one. Yep. Yeah. That is coming out on October 31st because that is the Devil's Night. Yeah, that's weird. The Woolies, it's called Bubsy the Woolies Strike Back. Now, something to note here. The Woolies were just the first enemy you happened to encounter in the first Bubsy game. And they came back. To and so they made them the main enemies of the third Bubsy game because Bubsy had no iconic enemies, and or now I guess enemies. they're back. They're striking oh. back again. Wow! Look at that. They did it. Yep. Good for them. I feel like it's important to constantly remind people that this I, quote unquote iconic enemy was just like it was just the Goombas. It was, it was like the, the Goombas. Goombas. Yeah, exactly. Except the Goombas mm-hmm. at, at this point operate, you know, exist in a cultural space where they are kind of iconic. Now, this is not exactly news. It's been announced somewhat before, but it's a slightly more official announcement. And there's a physical edition that is called the Bubsy the Woolly Strike Back Perfect Edition. Per- oh. It's P-U-R-R. Perfect Edition. They're trying to cut pander to the furries, aren't they? It comes, it comes oh. with Bubsy the Woolly Strike Back game software. Game this software. is already a bad purchase. Game I'm wondering if by game software it... Are you done? Yes. I'm wondering oh. if by game... No, I'm done. <laughs> by game software, I would fucking... I don't know how I'd feel if the fucking disc in the Bubsy physical edition was one of those discs that was just a digital download. If fucking oh Bubsy the Woolly Strike Back was too big to fit on a disc. Also or... Comes... or... Other other way of going about it, floppy disks. They're back, just for Bubsy. Also, Bubsy, the Woolly Strike Back original soundtrack. Yeah, I want to hear Bubsy's sweet, sultry, (laughs) launchy voice over and over again. Which, again, is something that, like, they have to know, right? Like, the people making this have to know that one of the things Bubsy is especially known for is not only just being shit in general, but having god-awful music sounding like shit yeah bubsy's business card yeah what <laughs> pardon moi i don't like the whole point of this is just to like highlight how shitty this is i kind of want it now why i, I don't know I god mean, damn I'm it just, Nathan. i'm just imagining do you guys remember that video that went viral that was like the the business acumen guy who was talking about like you want to print your business card on big paper. My business card doesn't fit in a Rolodex. It doesn't belong in a Rolodex, but it's just Bubsy. Oh, God. How many views do you think we would get if I, like, bought this shit and unboxed it and then put it in a blender and then drank it? <laughs> I don't know. Increasingly more with each step that you add. <laughs> and then I uh, married that thing that I put in the blender. I don't know. It also comes with a mystery postcard. (laughs) 
Fuck what? it. We'll, we'll just put some fourth thing in the box. It's a nude. It's, Bub- it's f- Bubsy's nudes. <laughs> Said nudes. Fuck. That's, what, that's, oh. that's literally what it is. Oh, my God. The fuck do you... They're like, yeah, I don't know, put a, a postcard... Fucking put some keychains. It's Bubsy hey, got- like flip flipping you off. That's literally what it is. It's hey, just like hey, I, I I've got like I've got like seventy eight cents in my pocket. You want me to just put that in there? <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't include like, like a shirt, like the shirt with the exclamation. Yeah, right. The, 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 the one legendary. signature thing Bubsy has going for him, sort of ish. <laughs> sort of ish. Do you so? I do gotta ask, do you think that the I'm buy so obviously no one is gonna buy this genuinely. No, they will or not. No. Or maybe or maybe you know, maybe like two people. Do you think that it has enough The only way I can see people buying it is they're confused at the store, they don't know anything about video games, and the box looks kind of appealing. Yeah. And so they think it's a video game, not a bubsy. <laughs> uh, which is a common mistake. Oh, this will not hurt me. But I really don't think, since it's like a slightly limited physical edition. No, it's not. Oh, no, yes, it is. It is a limited physical release, so that's probably not too much. Do you think that this game has enough people who will be, like, ironically buying it? Like, oh, it's a new Bubsy game that it will actually do well? Or do you think this is just accolade throwing money into the toilet? I think there will be enough of those people to make about half its money back. That that's my estimate. That that's I'm gonna I'm gonna make that based on nothing call right now here on the Haypor podcast. I am going to shoot in the dark and guess that it will make enough to make half the money back of what it costs to develop it. That is it. That will be the end. Okay. <laughs> that is all they're gonna have. Jesus, I gotta say, I'm looking at the I'm watching the trailer now, and first of all, they've gotten a worse voice actor for Bubsy. Yes. And that's second of all, needed. this it looks like ass. It looks like, like, I really, I have to, like, all of the marketing and everything is as though they were bringing back a beloved classic. Like, it's the same marketing that was used for, like, ukulele. I gotta wonder if they are intentionally making it shit. Like, if they're just leaning into it and pretending they're not in on the joke. It's just, it's, it's so bizarre to me. It just is. There's, it's so bizarre. Yeah. That's all I have. (laughs) That this is happening in the year of our Lord any year. Here, uh, my lord, any of them. Ugh. Bubsy's back. Bubsy's back. He's bringing Bubsy Once back. <laughs> yes, he's back. Tell nobody. Bubsy's back. <laughs> Bubsy's back. Hide it in your closet. Bubsy's back. I'm bringing Bubsy back. back. Drink yourself. Them to sleep, Bobcats don't know how to act. I already hate myself. I can't do anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is really bad. And Bioware would like and to encouraged? issue a message yeah. to those of you who are still playing Mass Effect Andromeda. Eat shit and die. Fuck no, no. We're sorry. Fuck. After a cursory oh, patch God, that fixed, so like, some of the myriad of technical problems that Mass Effect Andromeda released with, regardless of any of its quality as a game, it was released in such a horrible state. They fixed some of the worst issues, some, uh, some of the worst animations, uh, and squashed some of the bugs, but there's still a lot of problems, and a lot of people have been talking about it and hoping that they'll provide more support. So they've announced they're not doing that as of three days ago. Nope. 
No more. No more ever. Yeah. There are no planned future patches for single-player or in-game story content. However, they will continue to be supporting the multiplayer. They're going to be doing more for the multiplayer. Because that's... When people think Mass Effect, what do they think? Uh, multiplayer... <laughs> Uh, the, the, the multiplayer has a base. But there, there the, play but the like appeal it. of Mass Effect has always been the story. It's... I don't yeah. know. What do you guys think? I'll shut up for once. How'd that be? I don't know. I, I think it makes sense. I think they know that at this point no one's going to play any DLC they come out with. I think they feel that they have no choice but to just cut their losses and run, and that's what they're doing. It makes me very sad. It makes me think about yep. the fact that I have that game on my shelf still in the plastic wrap, and I just have not played it. But, like, I don't know. I I, I can't say I'm surprised. Again, it, it, it nothing about this surprises me. Yeah, I think that's where I'm at, too. Um, I'm legitimately just not surprised. And... Again, what Jay said, they just want to cut their losses, and I think they just want to kind of move past the the sort of mess that Andromeda just from like start to finish was. It's it's really yeah. disappointing. And you know I the mean, thing is, is like, well, you can make the game better by like updating it and like you know work. Well, you know they could have just made a good game, or they could have just made a not messy game. Like right, it, it is it is the same problem that I personally feel. No Man's Sky is facing right now, where from what I've heard, I've not played the new No Man's Sky updates, um, and, and I, from what I understand, there's more coming, but from what I've heard and what I've read, it seems like those updates make that thing far more of an actual, legitimate, thorough, and hearty game than it ever was a year ago when it came out and everyone shat on it, but because people shat on it to such a degree, it is forever going to have to fight to get anyone to play it, and yep. I think it's the exact same thing here, where even if they were, and hell, maybe they use that as a model, who knows? Like, regardless of what they did to fix it at some point, they probably feel that too much damage is done, and I can't say I blame them for that, really. I, I don't know. I, I think after a point, just from that business perspective, you have to cut your losses, and that's what they did there. Fuck patch yeah. culture. It's it's such a worthless sentiment now, because that's that's how games are now. Games release, not complete. And if you're lucky, they will bother to finish them. This is why I was talking about, like, I, I don't give Blizzard any points for, like, oh, yeah, we'll add stuff to StarCraft Remastered, because they just don't anymore. It's the same thing that happened with Warner Brothers and, like, yeah. Arkham Knight on PC. You can just release unfinished yeah. games now, say that you'll finish them, wait two months, yeah. and then never do. And forget about it. Yeah. And Oops, got amnesia. Whoops, became I mean, an anime sure protagonist. it makes sense as a business decision, but come on. Come on. <sighs> All right, I got one last piece of less sad news. Um, and less it's something It's close. something mainly, Not it's always. one of those things where I feel like I'm expected to comment on it because I've talked a little bit on here before when the newest expansion came out. Age of Empires was my first game. Uh, an ad for Lawbreakers just popped mm-hmm. up with a quote from Cliff Bozinski and I have to smile a little bit. <laughs> Age of Empires, oh what, literally, I've been playing Age of Empires <laughs> since I was a year old. Um, my my parents would let me would let me do that and try my hand at real time strategy. So like Age of Empires and gaming are are practically synonymous in my mind. It's a big deal for me. So Age of Empires four got announced yesterday, um, which is kind of exciting. We didn't think it would ever happen. The studio that made Age of Empires got disbanded. 
Um, and yeah, uh, but ugh, unfortunately, it does have to come with some caveats. Uh, it's being made by Relic Entertainment. These are the people who are best known for the Dawn of War games, including Dawn of War Three, which who boy. Um, they came out with a trailer, and the trailer is just slightly animated box art from the previous games that's like, you know, all of the previous ages, like, from the Age of Kings to the Age of Exploration. Now a new age begins as soon as it gets that smash cut to Black Age of Empires 4 logo pops up. Uh, some people... Some people are speculating that this means, and some of the things that are actually said in the trailer would suggest that it may be taking place across all previous eras, or it may be a new era. We really don't know. Um, Mm Yeah, it... I don't know. (laughs) Here's honestly my suspicion with this. Here's my honest suspicion. Is that Microsoft desperately needs exclusives. They know this. That's why they're claiming so many things are exclusive that are not. They know that one of the many ways that they're in trouble, especially with this upcoming console generation, is they do not have the exclusives. Um, Yeah, that's that's why they're trying to push the 4K thing with the new uh, Xbox One iteration, which is just not going to get them as far as they're hoping it will. Uh, and Halo is no longer as hot an IP as it was. They Neither of the, the Halo 4 or the Halo 5, not, yeah. both of which I think were good. Halo 4 especially, I think, is completely unfairly hated. Halo 4's yeah. campaign is great. Yeah. Um, I really like but Halo 4's campaign. They, they weren't enough to save... They were enough to save it. Um, Halo isn't doing well anymore. So I'm wondering if they're looking at arguably the other most iconic series associated with the microsoft name um which is age of empires especially on pc you know it's it and starcraft are like probably the two most legendary rts series with honorable mention to command and conquer and the warcraft rts's that will never (laughs) come back um Uh, they won't it's gonna be world warcraft forever now they won't no they won't um you know not to say that those are the only good ones but those are the biggest names and so like they've been you know They've been doing more things like Age of Empires 2, of course, got its HE edition and has continued support 12 years later, which is crazy. They announced an Age of Empires 1 HD edition. Mm -hmm. They also announced an Age of Empires 2 and 3 HD edition alongside with this trailer. Wait a minute, Age of Empires 2 already has an HD edition. What does that mean? What are you talking about? Uh, But Age of Empires 3 is getting one. I don't think it's (laughs) aged terribly, but that'd be nice. Um, And... All of one of the reasons that I think it's all about the exclusivity is because all of these are going to be exclusively on Windows 10, aka the Microsoft console that's actually selling. But <laughs> also they're going to be on I forget what it's called, but it's the new version of games for Windows Live. Oh god, that does exist, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Look, obviously I want Age of Empires 4 to be a good game. Obviously, I want Age of Empires 4 to be a good game. Obviously, yeah. I want Age of Empires 4 to be a good game. But signs point to we need something to get people onto games for Windows Live new. Quick, what's something that we have that is well known? Who's somebody who made an RTS recently who we can contract for cheap? Yep. 
I'd love to be proven wrong. Yeah, no, absolutely, yeah. but yeah. it does sort of point that way, doesn't it? Yeah. That actually I, wasn't a happy story at all. I was so excited no. when I first saw it. I was like, it was like a dream come true. It was like when I how I felt when I saw Doom 4 was actually happening, or if Monkey Island 6 was yeah. finally happening, or yeah. things like that. You know, we all have those. Oh, it's it's how people felt with uh, Metroid Prime 4. It really definitely, is. Like, definitely. Holy shit, I never thought this would happen. I, I, but, I, I stopped in the middle of us doing E3 things to just process the fact that that had been announced. But I can't, I can't not be cynical about yeah, it. Yeah, no, absolutely. And no one will blame you for it at this point. Uh, least of least of all not us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, sorry for sad news section. Uh, it happens. I mean, sometimes you just got to be the same level. Um. So I want to do the shout out. Uh, yes. And this week's shout out goes to Jesse Collins, who I can't remember if we've done before or is new. Did uh, he's literally last new... week? But we'll do him again. <laughs> I thought we Wait, did. Did we? Week. I believe no, so. We yes. Did not. I thought we did, but maybe I'm wrong. You know what? We didn't. Fuck it. No one remembers anything. Talk about why Chime is great, because you're right, we, he is. We... Hang on. Hang on. God damn it, it totally is. <laughs> I wanted to talk about his Nazi article. Okay, well, you know what? Fuck it. I said we were going to do repeats. We're starting the repeats with literally the same person. We're doing another <laughs> fucking shout out to Jesse Collins. <laughs> because of... Uh, uh, he wrote an article this past week that was Top 10 Nazi Punching Games that Will Learn yes. You Your Scalps. And as the list article goes, it's a list article. Not to say it was that such a thing is bad, but it is what it is, and we all know what it is. But I mostly want to highlight it because I think it's kind of funny. Back in December, we uh, were doing one of our collaborative list articles that was like games for gamers. And as the sole Jew, I decided to suggest a Hanukkah gift instead of a Christmas gift. And I said that a good Hanukkah gift would be Wolfenstein the New Order because Hanukkah is all about the time that uh, Jews were able to fight back against people who were oppressing them. And I was like, in these troubled times, there's no better way to celebrate that than by murdering thousands of Nazis. Um, And it got struck from the list. Uh, uh, Jonathan turned it down. And I don't say this to say that I think he was wrong. He was like, you know, it's meant to be more of a holiday list. Um, This might be a little dark. And uh, so it got taken off. And I just want to say that I really appreciate Hey Poor Players' turnaround from I don't know if we can do that, that might be a little too serious, to fuck it, here's a list article that includes that and nine other games. <laughs> yeah, no. Until don't. next time! Hey, how's it going? I've been I. Coleman. Whew! Whew you're coming into a place like this wearing a dress like that? I'm Jay Petriquin. I'm gonna ruin everything because I have to be Nico, Nico, Nathan. Yeah. You could have done it seductively, been like, I'm Nico, Nico. No, Nathan. I can't. I can't. Have you ever watched fucking Love That's Live? Not his style. Nico is not like sultry. No, I, I have watched enough Love Live to know that you're completely correct. Yeah, because Nico's garbage, and I relate to her because I'm annoying garbage. So. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening. And until next time. <laughs> Milk. Milk, milk that waifu train, milk that waifu train. <laughs> I did it! Just for you, Jay. Very, very different songs bookending this podcast.